1: I've got Jonathan Jay here, who I've known for in excess of 10 years. It it could be pushing 15 years when I first met Jonathan. Um, He knows loads of stuff about um, training businesses and businesses generally. Uh, He's bought stacks of companies, he's sold several companies, one I know specifically for really good money. Um, Jonathan, welcome to this joint podcast that we're going to do for my listeners and for yours.
0: Yeah, absolutely, good to, good to see you again. And I reckon it must be more like 15 years because it was, uh, I, I sold the Coaching Academy business about 13 years ago and we knew each other several years before that, so yeah, 15, 16 years.
1: Yeah, yeah it was. And I remember you were running the Coaching Academy at the time, you invited us to go, we were talking about going in a helicopter Um, and I was very excited by that Um, and you were sort of I I was I was new we hadn't started progressive I was new to business Um, and you were teaching us a load of stuff about how to run training businesses and then you subsequently sold the coaching Academy for really good money several million uh, I remember Um, yes yeah which um, yeah which excited me a lot because to my mind, and actually I, I mentioned this week to someone, you're the only person that I know of that's got proper money for a training business, I think, uh, that I know of uh, in a
0: spell in a scenario.
1: Do you, do you think that's true, that the, the, you uh, know I, of? Or?
0: Well, the, the, the challenge usually with small training businesses is that yeah. they are built around some personality. And they start off with that person being a trainer and then they develop a training course, and then they bring in other trainers, but customers come because of that lead trainer, that person who started the business. And I was never like that. You know, I, I just coach training business, but I was never a coach, I was never a trainer. Uh, I, I must admit, when I started it, I knew pretty much zero about it. I learned very quickly, and I surrounded myself with people who knew way more than I ever would. Um, and you kind of learn on the job. But I, I didn't start it from a, a, uh, as a way of having an outlet for something I wanted to do. I just wanted to be in business. And it didn't really matter to me too much which business it was. And it just turned out to be that business.
1: It's really interesting. And you sold to, I think, was it private equity? Uh, It was yeah. Yeah, and they—I remember at the time, or some time afterwards—they they they bought—they were buying all sorts of businesses. I remember they bought Little Chef, that's uh, right, which um, I found very interesting. Um, Are they still running it? Is it still rolling? Is it finished? Um, It's been sold again. Uh, There was was
0: an MBO. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, so 21 years later, though, still going strong. Uh, I, I suppose, you know, and I think actually we've had this this conversation briefly before where we said, well, you know, was it the right thing to do to sell? Um, an actual fact, if you look at it as a 20 year time scale, then I would have made more money by owning it for another 13 years and maybe owning it for the next 10 years, yeah. however. Yeah, it's not always about the money, is it? It's sometimes you just don't want to be doing something anymore. Um, and sometimes you think maybe, I mean, I, I must admit, I did think around about 2007, which was the start of res- the recession, I thought it could all go horribly wrong. Yeah. Uh, I thought that demand for that type of product might diminish. Yeah. Uh, and you know, when you've got a good offer, you know, when you've got millions of pounds on one side of the table and all you have to do is sign, well, you know what? You kind of feel you can do it again yeah of course yeah and like you've only got one shot and i think so many business owners feel they've only got one shot at business yeah where they can actually do it again and again and get better and better as the years go on
1: so you become an expert in the process of creating these businesses and then selling them and replicating that over and over just through going through the process that you did
0: yeah, so, so the, the expertise and the knowledge is around the acquisition, the stabilization in some cases, the optimization, and then the exit, rather than that particular business. Yeah. So so right now, I'm buying in a sector where, where you know, it's childcare. I mean, I, apart from having a child, I don't know very much about childcare, but... That doesn't stop you following the process.
1: Mechanics of business and, and building to sell, I suppose. Um, it can be replicated. Um, okay. Um, so, yeah. So, you, I, I suppose also, the point you made about you may have made more money by hanging on to it for another 13 years. But equally, there's the time value of money. And I expect you've put that money... Probably to better use and and leveraged it better through, I don't know, starting new businesses. So the the growth of that money has maybe um, been increased. And in addition, there's your time, I suppose. Yeah. You've leveraged your time into other things, haven't you?
0: Well, you know, some property, I believe, out of your book on that one, and uh, invested in some property Uh, at a reasonably good time as well, beginning of the recession, certainly wasn't. uh, yeah, everything's more than doubled since then, so I yeah. suppose yeah, it 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 made uh, it made good sense. Um, I mean, I don't. I mean, you you have a far more analytical approach uh, than I do. Um, you you you've got that eye for the detail and the numbers that people give me credit for, but actually I don't have that. I'm very much big picture. Um, And it's people with your skill set and talent that pick up the pieces behind me and make it all work.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Because I I think a lot of business owners would be like that, wouldn't they? They would be the idea, they would be the vision, maybe the strategy, and not necessarily the implementers or the sort of managerial... um, Function and necessity that that would would be required to implement those ideas. I, I think that skill set is of your sort of your your you know. I think that's the perfect skill set for building and selling businesses. Um, and I would find that more common, you know, in 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 peers as well that have done well in business because I think a lot of people do think business is about having a great idea or having. This, you know, uh, ability to sort of focus on a load of detail or or do something that someone else isn't, but I, I think a lot of it is about a vision. Would you agree with that?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I I think that it certainly starts with the vision, and probably over time more detail is required because it just becomes a lot more complicated as a business gets bigger and there are more moving parts to the business. Um, yeah, I I, I I sometimes feel as though I need to keep quite big picture because if everyone gets into the detail, we kind of forget what we're doing it for. Um, and, and quite often, you know, you're the, the accountants and the the, the, the the finance directors can can drag you into detail. I had I had a finance director call me uh, a few weeks ago. and and asked me to identify a one pound transaction out of the bank account. And I could not believe I was actually having a conversation about one pound. But that was important to him. But to me, it was like, yeah, that was, that was one, i tell you what the one pound was for, by the way, it was to buy exclusivity on a deal. So, um, I guess it was important. Oh, but right. the ex- well, that's a bit yeah.
1: different now you've qualified it, isn't it? <laughs> now we've got some context.
0: <laughs> it was quite a valuable
1: pound, I suppose. Yeah, well, it was probably to, uh, probably to cede, uh, some sort of legal agreement, I presume, and, and to... Yeah, What well, it yeah. was, it was,
0: it was, uh, to buy exclusivity as part of a, um, heads yeah. of terms. Yeah. Yeah
1: um okay and and along the way i presume you've taken advantage of entrepreneurs relief quite a lot that might have been a big driver for that first sale i think it was i think it was tony blair that started it, so it must have been around then i guess
0: it was actually uh, that year was the last year of taper relief right yeah which preceded entrepreneurs relief which as we both know, has unfortunately been dramatically cut, 90% cut, yeah. and I, I'm concerned that it will be abolished altogether because the company yeah. needs to raise some money from capital gains. Uh, you, you know far more about this than I do and, and, and probably have some, some deeper insights into that.
1: Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I do, but, you know, I know the, the 20%... Um, um well 10% entrepreneurs relief um for sales over the 10 million or or should i say sale proceeds up to 10 million um was quite a draw um effectively that's almost all gone now like you say but it's actually still the CGT rate for selling a building is sorry selling a business is still only 20% it? yeah it's,
0: it's not it's not atrocious as long as okay. 20 doesn't become 40
1: but that that's what's on the cards yeah, with it is. paying it is. paying for coronavirus. That's that's what we're saying.
0: Yeah, potentially.
1: Yeah. Um, so it might be an idea to. I, I I I think I'd take twenty. I'm always of that. You know, if, if I could just be taxed twenty percent for everything, mm-hmm. um, I you know I'd have little use for a clever an accountant, and I'd be my accountancy bills would be much less. I think because twenty percent somehow you don't have a problem with that, do you? No, you, you, can live, you can live with that.
0: That that feels that feels fair. It's when it goes up to nearly half of your earnings yeah. going to the government that starts to hurt.
1: And actually, through a limited company, when you're paying corporation tax, you've got that. Then corporation tax. Then you've got um, tax on dividends. I mean, you must be at sixty or or maybe seventy. You know, with 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 all the other stuff that goes on, like rates and do you feel on duty for... I mean, it, you've got to think about this stuff, haven't you?
0: Yeah, it, it, it creeps up on you. I mean, my, my accountant has quite an interesting perspective on income. And it took me quite a while to get my head around this. And I just think maybe it would be interesting to talk about it. He, he has maintained and now convinced me that the only amount of money you should draw as income is the amount of money you need.
1: Mine says the same. Okay.
0: <laughs> to live on, yeah. Because people sort of see big salaries as a, as a, as a way of, um, well, it's part is partly ego, but then if you don't need the money, no. what's the point? Yeah. Leave it in the company and move it yeah. sideways to buy property or whatever it might be, rather than taking it out and, and, and being taxed so heavily on it.
1: Exactly what uh, we started doing um, in the not too distant past, um, leaving money in there, paying 17% corporation tax and only drawing what I need. Um, I often, you know, I have a company that that I I would use that is just mine, you know, and and I'll be manage, management charging various other entities uh, for my services and then leaving it in there. And like you say, loaning money out of there into other limited companies to buy properties or... <laughs> To start businesses or whatever, Um, and then you know, sort of getting it out of the company later, or you know, inheritance or whatever. Well, that's maybe a problem for another day, and the tax rules will be different by then anyway. Um, And and you get the um, the compounding effect, don't you? Uh, Of only paying sort of seventeen percent, you've got a lot more left over for further investment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. uh yeah i mean when, when um, my daughter's just about to leave nursery and and i was all for claiming the 30 hours because of the way um my my income is structured it means that i would qualify for the 30 hours um but very quickly realized that we'd probably be the only parents in the, in the nursery doing doing that um so we didn't we didn't actually do it but um but yeah it's, it, it it you know it's, it's not about your salary as a business owner you have the you have the flexibility to to to, to run your affairs to really have a you know with, again with a bigger picture view and maybe a longer term view as well where if you are currently an employee on PAYE you don't really have any choice uh, you know, how it how it all works which is not so so great really
1: control is everything in, uh, in business Taxation. Yeah, um, so at the moment you're in Capri, which is wow. a, a cool place. Yes. Um, you, you, um, you t- tell me about that. You've, you've, you've sort of, you're there on holiday. You've been up to the Piazza. Um, I love, I love that place. I absolutely love it. What took you there?
0: It's been on my places to go list for a while. Um, it was definitely on there five years ago, and then something else, somewhere else, trumped it. And I thought um, uh, because uh, my my partner's taken our daughter to Slovakia to see her Slovakian family first time, obviously for quite a few months. Uh, so I thought, well, I'll come here um, and uh, do some work from here. It hasn't all been um, holiday. I can assure you of that. <laughs> I've been uh, uh, working in the mornings, and um, and then I'm going to head over to uh, head over to Naples and go to Lake Como. For maybe five days and then make my way back through Europe back home I've got like another two weeks to, uh, to, to and, you and know this is the thing now you know we can be doing this in different countries um, if you've got your laptop and uh, an internet connection you can work from from really anywhere can't you
1: yeah indeed and I, I guess um, this is the perfect time to be doing it really because things are not you know events aren't operating like they they were Lots of businesses are sort of running at half pace um you know, and, and the sun's shining is that, is everything open there yeah, it seems to be yeah
0: yeah yeah I, it a lot of face masks, but um, apart from from that it doesn't seem to have affected anything yeah
1: okay fine so you you you've you had that business you've had quite a few businesses in between what what are you doing now? i know you've you, you mentioned to me that you've bought quite a few nurseries. Um, when did you start doing that? What's your sort of strategy there? And why Why is that good now?
0: Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because a lot's changed since I started in this sector 14 months ago. So 14 months ago, I bought uh, the, the, the first couple Um, We now have 10. In fact, two of those deals completed this week uh, within a 24 hour period. Um, And I I actually took quite a lot of pleasure of of completing two acquisitions whilst being uh, being on holiday. And we've got a a, a very grand uh, plan to get up to about 50. Um, I say about because you can buy one large nursery and it's equal to buying two small ones. At the end of the day, it's about how many childcare places, rather than how many physical locations. And uh, the the interesting thing is is that we can buy at one price and sell at another. And I mean that is really the fundamental of any business, isn't it? You you buy goods and services at one price, you sell them at a higher price, and the bit in the middle is your is your profit. So we we can buy we can buy nurseries uh, at one particular Price point, and as part of a group, they automatically have greater value. And interestingly, most probably the organizations that would acquire this group are listed on the stock exchange, which means that when they acquire, they make money on the day they acquire. So, kind of everyone's happy. Yeah, we get a result yeah, that everyone's yeah. happy with.
1: Because the P.E. ratio yeah. for a bigger group is that much greater than a group of 50, that, that, that is that much greater than one.
0: Yeah. right. So, so, so I can buy for, for anything up to maybe three, 3.5 times earnings. Yeah. I can sell for 10 times earnings and my buyer might be trading at 14 times earnings.
1: Interesting. So on the and that would be the London Stock Exchange. They they might be trading at 14 times EBITDA. Maybe.
0: Yeah, and in fact, the the ones I'm thinking of um, uh, trade overseas. But but yeah, it's it, 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 that is the print that is the principle. Yeah. My role is to go and find businesses to buy and get the very best price because. Why not buy at the very best price? Why overpay? It just, just takes you longer to get your money back or you get less money at the end because you've got more what, debt. And then um, I'm not operational at all. I, I wouldn't know how to operate this type of business, but I have a, a very slim team that do this for me. And in many cases, they are turnarounds, So they're businesses that have seen better days. You know, quite frankly, in this sector, everything's been mostly closed for four months anyway. So all these businesses have suffered. Something that you might find interesting, Mark, is that I'm paying 10 to 20 percent of the prices we were talking about five months ago.
1: Well, that's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, you must be, I guess, if you were talking about month on month profit, they're probably not making any profit in the management accounts on a monthly basis. But... You know, in terms of your P.E. ratio now based on last year's profits. What are you at now, 30 times or? You've sort of got to look through it, haven't you? Yeah, management it, so,
0: so You've got to, again. You've got to just see this big picture and and say, look, if I can buy at one price, I can then consolidate and sell at another price. That is my role here. That is the job of work that we're doing. We're not actually operators. You know, the operational side of things is almost, quite frankly, a little bit frustrating that we've got to deal with, you know, hundreds of staff and all the the issues that go with that. And um, it's not really my skill set, to be honest, which is which is why I've got people who can look after, you know, the HR side of things is huge yeah. in, in a people business. Yeah. And, it, and it's really just, you know, how, how many, I mean, I spoke to two owners yesterday, both have... have they're they're both potential deals yeah if i if i can if i can find those do the deals buy them for one price own them for a little while and we're only talking so 24 months and then them, uh, yeah then 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 that's what it's all about and when i talk to business owners about that they they always say well that sounds an awful lot more exciting than 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 just operating a business on a day-to-day basis
1: yeah that will it, it it does to me because uh, i have little experience in that. I've bought failing businesses, but we've always kept them. Um rather than sort of trading out of them. You've done very well uh, with those. I know you have.
0: You've done very well. You you picked well a, a, a bargain, didn't you? Well maybe what was that, ten years ago perhaps? Eight years ago?
1: Yeah, we had a training business. Um so that was a sort of training business that was about to go into liquidation. In fact I think it did. And we had the assets, you know, the, the customer database and then the deal was we had to deliver the courses. You know, as a personal development business. We had to deliver the courses, um, you know, at our cost. But of course, we then got the opportunity to retain those clients and upsell them. So that's turned into a good business. It cost us five thousand pounds, and um, it, it, it may, you know it turns over several million now. It's a good business, um, but it, it it's taken a few years to get it right, and it it probably just it tacks on nicely onto our property training business because clearly there's a lot of duplication, staff, accounts, training rooms, all, all this sort of stuff, and the marketing is quite similar. Um, so that that worked. That was a, um, a logical acquisition. Um, and then the other sort of significant acquisition that we did was we... Um, we're always sort of uh, well we had a product where we were sourcing individual terraced houses for investors um, and we sourced about 500 of those I refurbished them all ran three teams doing it and then afterwards clearly we needed someone to manage them so we used external an external letting agent who did a, a sort of let's just say a variable uh, job uh, managing. Uh, over a period of time, we were doing a lot of LHA tenants, over a period of time, we made the decision that we we couldn't continue like that. I'd never wanted to manage properties, but we brought them all back in-house. Now, what I was always really scared by the idea of managing properties. I didn't want to get involved with it. But what enabled me to do that was I found the right business partner to do that, who had basically built two letting agencies off the back of local estate agents. So I found him, we put him on a um, whereby he grew his equity in that he oh, now owns a third of that business he runs it really well he's got 11 staff down there um, the letting agent that we were using two years later ended up going bust so we had the rest of the properties uh, and then since then we've we've grown it so we've got to, we manage about eight or nine hundred properties in that business that out of this building and then it, it manages rob and my properties as well so that was sort of a business grown out of necessity but we managed to acquire our old um, uh, you know effectively our old supplier but I've looked to acquire more letting agents and I desperately want to I just haven't found any I think my marketing
0: is good enough. Um, It's interesting because I've actually got some clients on my program who, who are looking at lettings agents. And yeah. um, I, have, I have some, um, uh, the, the people I'm thinking of seem to have quite a good deal flow. There seems to be a lot out there.
1: Yeah. And I, I just want to turn the deal flow on. So if you can somehow help me with that, I, I'm happy to pay you. It, it, we, we're desperate uh, I'll to just buy you, those. I'll show you
0: how to do the deal flow because uh, it, it, it's really a, um, a piece of marketing. You know, if you think of it just yeah. marketing, you want to find yeah. businesses to buy. And, and if you get that marketing right and we've created a process that you just need to follow so i'll give you the uh, i'll give you the process and show you how we do it i'd love that because that if you if you can turn the tap on um what happens when you've got deal flow is you become an amazing negotiator because yeah. you're wedded to any one particular deal you just don't yeah. care if that doesn't happen yeah, doesn't
1: it?
0: yeah, yeah. Um, so so yeah we, we had a nursery the other the other week and it, it was um uh, on for t- they wanted 240. It was through a broker. Uh, we actually were speaking to them directly, but they had it listed also with a broker for 240,000. And we go, no, no, not interested, not interested. And then of course, uh, coronavirus. They immediately dropped to 100,000. They were going, no, yeah. still not interested. They dropped, and in one day, they went from 100 to 70 to 60 to 50 yeah. in one day. Yeah, yeah, at 50.
1: They've gone from 250 to 50. Yeah. But and, and are you buying worried,
0: it? You probably wouldn't negotiate so hard. But if you don't buy it, you, you can just walk away.
1: Yeah. It's like buying cars. You know, I, I'm trying to buy a Porsche at the moment, and it's been going on about four months. And I've got my wife and, you know, friends go, Oh, have you bought your car yet? And all this sort of. And only because somehow they've found out that I'm looking, I generally wouldn't tell them. And the reason it takes so long is because I'm really not bothered. Because eventually, just, just like you say, one will pop out, um, but you don't get a deal if you're, a, um, if, you, if you're chomping at the bit to buy something.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's interesting that, that you've made two um, uh, distinct acquisitions that have accelerated your core business because buying a company always speeds everything up. whether it's you suddenly got a database you didn't have a database today by the business now you've got a database of people to market to or it solves a problem for you like the letting agent and allows you to keep the money in the group rather than it going out to a third party
1: yeah the vertical integration is quite i like that you know sort of finishing a property off and then putting it straight in the letting agency i am the customer for that business It's sort of cheating in a way, but it—it, I, I, yeah, I really like it. Yeah, I suppose it doesn't necessarily add that much to the business valuation because they might assume that I'd be gone if the business gets sold. So that's not so good. But it's profit I'd be putting elsewhere. Um, So it's logical from that.
0: Exactly. You might as well keep that money moving around in the group rather than, than 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 letting it go out to other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so in terms of your um, sort of nursery business, what made you pick that sector? Was it cause you found the right person to run that group or who had a load of experience or, or was it just something which you, you had a nursery come along? What, what, well, what got you onto that? Well, it's, um.
0: I'd love to be able to pinpoint the exact moment that I thought it was a good idea, but I can't for the life of me remember exactly when yeah. it happened. But nurseries are on the radar because my daughter was. Uh, we were looking at nurseries, and we were still going around all the nurseries in the area, and um, and and I realised very quickly, just from a from a customer perspective, that it's that it's a, a highly fragmented sector. So there are thousands of operators. The majority of those operators are all about the childcare, not about the business. Yeah. So. They don't um, operate, uh, well, you know, there's an 80-20 rule probably, 20% operate really, really tight businesses yeah. as well as providing great childcare, and the other 80% great childcare but not great businesses. And then there's a lot of consolidation at the top. And I always say this to people, you know, if, if you see a business where there's lots of consolidation, a lot of MA and mergers and acquisitions, acquisitions yeah. you see a lot of buying and selling, then that makes life an awful lot easier if you want to – build something to sell it because there's already trading in that business and therefore it becomes a lot easier to place a value on what your exit might be. So it's an an open secret as to what multiples these types of businesses sell for. Um, You can go online and find out what groups have sold for in the UK and in other countries. And you can also find out who's buying. So some time ago, I started talking to private equity firms that are in the process of acquiring in this sector, just so I was on their radar. And, yeah. so, and I know what their criteria are. I know what they, what they want me to take to them. So I'm kind of doing the dirty work, if you like, down at the bottom end of the market. I'm taking the business over here that operates on QuickBooks and that one on Sage and that one on a spreadsheet, and that one on bits of paper, and and cleaning up all the financial stuff, uh, putting everyone onto the same employment contract, and putting them all into a filing cabinet, so that's all the HR sorted, um, putting the same signage over the doors of each, giving everyone the same uniform, standardizing the policies and procedures, and then then improving the marketing. So I'm kind of just doing all the donkey work that a private equity firm or a large consolidator, a large acquirer uh, doesn't really want to do, but they're gonna pay me for.
1: Yeah, uh, is that a little bit like, you've got lots of dentists around here. They're probably, a lot of them enjoy being dentists. You know, they're, they're in the medical field. They're not necessarily business owners. And I've noticed that Booper are buying lots of them and now it says booper across the door. You're absolutely right.
0: So so I um, had a, a dentist in one of my programmes a couple of years ago and she was retired and she was telling me how um, all these retiring dentists don't have an exit plan and booper come along and scoop them up and, and start to own a, a territory. They start to own all the dental practices in, in a certain area, um, and, uh, yeah, so it's is, is exactly the same, Mark, and you can do it in any sector. I mean, you can start, yeah yeah you know, you know, look, look at any sector, whether it's lettings agents or training companies or whatever whatever it might be. Um, yeah.
1: They seem to have done it around here, and I think the cost of dental care around here has gone up, and I don't think it's any coincidence that it's since Booper got quite a few, because you get sort of... Um, you know, monopoly power pricing on a local level to some extent, I imagine. Uh, because they're local businesses. You can't, you can't go, oh, I want to use the nursery in the middle of Glasgow when you live in London. Um, right. It's not like an online business where it, 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 it's only right. competitive on a, a local level, isn't it?
0: Yeah, you may have like a three-mile radius for a dental practice or a nursery or a veterinary practice. I mean, veterinary is another one that's been massively consolidated. And, and vets who built up small groups of four, five, six um, uh, veterinary practices are cleaning up. I mean, they are selling at crazy numbers. What sort of multiples? Well, as I was saying, that I, I, I wish I could, I wish I could say number now with confidence, but I remember thinking it was just absolutely huge. It was like 14 or 16 times. Really? Just like yeah. Really crazy numbers.
1: Yeah, and I suppose as money's got cheaper, as interest rates have gone down, because you've been here, you know, in the days when base rate was five or six percent, um, you know, as interest rates have gone down. I presume these PE groups borrow against these acquisitions. It makes, you know, the debt a lot cheaper. And also, you know, guilt rates, you know, they, they, they end up coming down. So the capital values go up inevitably and the PEs go up. Is, is, is that something you've seen over the last 15 years? Um,
0: I wouldn't say that I have paid particular attention to that. Uh, but yeah. just for the benefit of our podcast listeners, when we're talking about these multiples, it's where you take the, typically the earnings, the earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, amortization, and you multiply by a number. And we've been saying in this conversation, I mean, like three times, 10 times, 14 times. And that means effectively you, let's say you sell it 10 times, you're getting 10 years of profit on day, on one at one point point in time. So you get 10 yeah. years of future profits today, um, which, uh, you know, you know I work on the principle that money today is worth more than money in the future uh, because you yeah. do something with it, can't you? You can you can take that money, you can put it into property, and you know what? How does it work now, Mark? Is it like ten every ten years, property values double?
1: Um, well, they, w- um, I, I think if you maybe took it over, I don't know, a forty-year period, it's probably a few more years than that. Maybe it's more like fifteen years or whatever. But it's so depending on what part of the cycle you you enter. If you took the last 10 years, um, you know we're talking about the year 2010, actually what you've just said is probably about right for this area um, because we were in just coming out of the last crash and actually property values around here didn't really start to grow again until maybe 2012. So you'd, you'd seen a, a drop, let's say a little three bed terrace would have been pre, pre-credit crunch 125, that went down to about 75 grand round here. I could, bu- I could buy them for that. Mm. Now those properties are trading at 140, 150. Yeah. So yeah, they have doubled in that 10 year period, but if you went back 15 years. Sure. Yeah.
0: So, so yeah, so you take your money from business, put it into property. I mean, I, I think that's a really, really smart move. I think it's a, it's a business and property is a very, very good combination. Business provides yeah. cash flow, property, Returns cash flow, but 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 it but it is it's the capital growth over time, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I suppose most of what you're buying are operating companies rather than the properties that, that they sit in.
0: Yeah, we often have the opportunity to buy the property, and I've been take, I've been taking some lease um uh, some options on, uh, on, on on to buy the property. But it's not really where we are at we We are very much in a in a operating business mindset because I know what our acquirers want. They don't want a property portfolio necessarily they they want a business portfolio.
1: yeah so effectively, you're starting with the end in mind. you're talking to p e houses. You know what they want, you know how to clean it up, to package it up. So you're buying businesses that you think will fit that model and you can fix to fit that model.
0: Exactly. Um, Exactly. I I came across uh, something that has been attributed to Elon Musk. And he uh, apparently has said that he sets himself a six month plan where he tries to achieve 10 year goals in that six month period. And he says he knows that most of those goals he will not achieve, but it gives him a drive and a um, an energy to get things done quickly. And I have a slightly revised version of that, which is to do three years of goals in 12 months. And just in the last few days, maybe it's the benefit of... Um, <laughs> of being being uh, away from home and um, uh, and, and sitting with a, a, a glass of wine overlooking the the, the, the sunset, sunset. Um, I, I thought, well, you know what? Let's let's do what we plan to do in the next three years and the next twelve months. Let's speed it up.
1: You're shooting for the stars and maybe you hit the moon.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And you just get more done because th- there's no doubt in my mind at all, Mark. And and you know you've seen. So many people in business, yourself, where the difference between those who succeed incredibly and those who always seem to struggle is implementation. It's actually
1: yeah. doing
0: it. Yeah, it's doing it. about it. It's not procrastinating over it. It's actually just doing it and not worrying about getting it wrong or waiting for it to be perfect.
1: Ready, fire, aim. I love that. Yes, okay. where yes. you just, you know, I, I do. I have all the time. Try something new. I've had to set a building company up because I, um, I had a builder go bust on me. So I'm, I'm developing out a big site, uh, and I had a choice. I could have gone with another one, but I just thought, bugger it. How wrong can I, can I get this? I went and grabbed three guys out of the old building company. I drove to the house. I gave them a job. And I just said, "You're built. You know, do you want to build this out with me?" And we're doing that now. And you know, lots of people in issue, including the accountant. Oh, isn't that risky? And sort of learn on the job. Set the con- You know, set the contractors all risks insurance up. Set the separate building company up. You know, those guys have shown me where to get the, H- the uh, health and safety
0: mm-hmm.
1: inspections every two weeks. Obviously, they're running it. They're built huge sites. You've got to find. It's all just about finding the right people, but. We've made plenty of mistakes but i don't know we we're in a position now where it's running properly because we just fired the gun and then aimed it afterwards yes
0: yeah no, no absolutely and, and I, mean, I, was, I was writing a um uh, a piece of um copy marketing copy this morning and i i did it over breakfast and i read i read it through once just to make sure i hadn't made any silly mistakes but it, it occurred to me just just this morning how I used to deliberate over things like that and revise them and sleep on it and get other people's opinions and yeah you never you don't necessarily get a better result by doing that. And sometimes you just got to just just write it and stick it on the website, you know, <laughs> just get
1: pest get- and measure what just put it up there and then measure the results and then yeah, tweet exactly.
0: Exactly. Well, let the customers decide. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 you know, I I, I have some uh, some perfectionists in my life, um, and I I constantly tell them that, you know, you're just because you think it's perfect doesn't mean someone else will think it's perfect. You're actually doing this for your idea of perfection. It doesn't mean that it is perfect. So. Yeah. If you're just doing it for yourself, that's a very selfish way of thinking about everything. Yet it's not about you; it's about the customers as well. Let's just get this stuff done. Yeah,
1: and um, I, yeah, I, I, I have that. You've just got to, you've just got to implement, and uh, at almost any cost. Yeah. Okay, so um, what what other sorts of businesses are particularly? sort of appealing right now obviously we we discussed you've got a uh, i think another uh, associate or, or client who was buying or interested in hairdressers yes they're going yeah. through a similar issue um i presume the valuations are a similar level maybe sort of 80 90 percent less than where they were pre covid um what other industries are particularly ripe do you think
0: um well um, well i tell you what i'm looking at I'm looking at NVQ and apprenticeship training companies because as unemployment inevitably will get worse, there's going to be more focus on training people and upskilling them. Because if the shops aren't open, if um, yeah, there's 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 less of that uh, type of work, then people have to do something else, and to do. Something else. Quite often, you have to learn something new. I do like the idea of uh, NVQ apprenticeship training, so I'm looking at that. Um, interesting.
1: So there are businesses already that specialise in that because I I'm completely green to that.
0: To yeah. So it's, it's interesting. You actually have to be on a government uh, list in order to offer that and to to apply for the funding.
1: Well, this is perfect for businesses like us because. You, you want to buy one of those, acquire it, and then just plug it into mm. the infrastructure mm. that you've got at the moment because they've got all the government
0: approvals. You can't they? start it from scratch because there hasn't been a new company put in this register, I believe, for five years. Right. So you have to buy a company, which I think is just fascinating. And I have someone on my program who, who's been um, giving me some advice on this because that's exactly what he's doing. He knows the sector really well. He just didn't know how soon yeah. to to negotiate the price and make the acquisition
1: um if you've got any you don't want to buy that look okay just send them through because i'll pay you for those as well because that that sort of thing would just slot in but i i don't have the 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 deal flow or the the sort of marketing that you do for that type of business which is we set it up for properties years ago and i know how to do that um but yeah that that's fascinating that is what you do isn't it that that is what that is one of your big specialisms jonathan
0: well, yes. I mean, again, I was thinking uh, that what, what I what I lack in ability, I, I make up for with speed of execution. So uh, while everyone else is talking about it, I'm kind of I'm I'm doing it um, yeah. and uh, and just getting it done. And you know, we have so many businesses contact us saying we're interested in selling. Yeah, it, it sometimes feels like it's just too many. We'll never be able to speak to all these people unless we had a a whole team of 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 people on the phone, uh, which to be fair isn't really our business model. That isn't really what we want to do. So um, so yeah. So so getting deal flow, I think, is uh, is critical. Uh, with the the hairdressing that you mentioned earlier, this is a, a a client of mine that I'm very proud of because he just took the process and ran with it. And uh, he had three hundred hairdressing salons contact him, and that's not throughout the whole of the UK. That's just in his region. Of unbelievable. He very quickly got he got uh, he has an IT company as well, and he, he got some of the staff of the IT company to get on the phones to these people. Um, used my scripting and took the three hundred immediately down to one hundred. He bought seven of them in five weeks. Uh, the last time I spoke to him was about three weeks ago, and he reckons by he reckoned then by the end of September he'd have 20 hairdressing salons. Now, you know, they've gone through a tough time, but we're not going to uh, get, cutting our hair isn't going to go out of um, out of fashion. Uh, so, yeah, you know, th- these are these are very very solid businesses. They all turn over um, between two hundred and fifty and three hundred thousand, so they're clearly more than just a one one man, one woman business, which is obviously very important when you buy a company. You don't want the owner walking out the door and all the business. So go, goes with it. Um, and uh, so he's bought 2 million of revenue. And the wonderful thing is he hasn't used any of his own money. That's the clever how, part of it all. He
1: how has he not used any of his own money?
0: Well, he uh, has, and I realise this might be slightly controversial for some people, um, but uh, it, it, it works. Uh, he has um, used bounce back loans in each of the companies that he bought yeah. by yeah. the next one. So,
1: well, that's what so, it's for, isn't it? Well,
0: yes, I because mean, I, I, so I,
1: they're I, struggling I, I, companies. So, yeah, it,
0: it, it, it and it works if they're companies in the same group. Um, yeah. You're you're using the money to, to assist. Um, yeah, uh, and to be fair, I'm i I'm I'm no expert on the detail of it, um, but it but it's worked and it's worked really well.
1: Yeah. Very, very interesting, Jonathan. Um, so, if if you know, I, I, I it feels like, and you use these words the other day, we're in, a, we're in, are in, or coming into a golden age yeah. for buying certain types of businesses um, and for certain types of activities. Where can people learn more about you, your your sort of trainings, your business? Um, do you have contact details? Uh, yeah,
0: abs- abs- absolutely. So. Um You can find me on LinkedIn, Jonathan J on LinkedIn, uh, Jonathan J YouTube channel. Uh, We've got 180 something videos all about buying a business. Uh, And I've got a podcast that um, has been running now for, I think we're just coming up to the 100th episode of that, Business Buying Strategies. And thousands of people listen to that um, every, uh, every week, every Thursday when a new episode comes out um so lots of free content um you know, you, could, you can you can lap it all up we have some people binge listen to dozens and dozens of episodes of the podcast so,
1: that's me just going on your youtube oh, channel, right, <laughs> just, uh, just pop through and you you start speaking immediately i'm going to start watching the videos i didn't even know about that uh, and, I, um, and, say, and i didn't know about your podcast either oh
0: okay okay i'm, I'm obviously yeah. doing a very good job of i'm not doing a very good job of marketing myself <laughs>
1: Well, I probably, I didn't ask you, did I? And, um, and I'm all, every time I talk to you, I want to learn about this stuff and, and there it all is. And there's me just not searching. So that's actually what I need to do, isn't it? So,
0: yeah. um, so, so likewise, uh, Mark, for, for my listeners, and I, I have uh, a copy of one of your earlier books, um, Uncommon Sense, and
1: yeah. it's a great
0: book. Great book. Um, I, I think it was a fantastic book. But you've written many others. I was looking on Amazon just before we did this interview, and I didn't realize there were, there were so many more books that you've written. So how do you yeah. about those?
1: Yeah, so um, we the first book, Multiple Streams of Property Income, we, we wrote, I'd say, just shortly after when we first met you, um, around the time we started Progressive. Um, and then there's been sort of three or four, four versions of that. We did um, cash, make cash in a property market crash, uh, which was written in the last recession, and now it's been updated for this recession. Um, the book you mentioned, "Uncommon Sense," um, I don't know, maybe that came out three years ago, but it's, it's just been translated into Turkish and it's being sold there now. And it's also been translated into South Korean. I haven't seen that one yet, uh, but the publisher. It's a huge hashair. It's the second biggest publisher in the world. So they, they sort of go everywhere. Um, we've got uh, quite a few other books as well. Rob, my business partner, um, has a, a deal with this sort of major publisher. And they've done a load of his stuff. Money, um, you know, um, Start Now, Get Perfect Later, which is exactly what we're talking about. Lula, the yeah. sort of ready, fire, aim. Uh, he's got a load of them on online. So if you, you just type in Mark Homer uh, or Rob Moore... Um, there, there are a lot of books there, uh, which have been great lead magnets and brought people to us, clearly for our training businesses and for other purposes over the years. Um, you know, we don't make money out of books. Um, they are, you know, it's free information or, or low cost information. There's a lot of value there, and I think when people read them, lots of them are drawn towards you, and maybe they then want to buy other products. So, you know, being completely open, it, it's a good sort of marketing. It's like a, it's a business card, isn't it?
0: It's a, it's, it's a way of introducing what you, what you do to someone for, what, £10, £12, £15, whatever it might be.
1: Indeed, that's, that's exactly what it is. Uh, and, it, and it'll give some of them some value, and um, it, um, which, is, which is fun also. And it, it probably gets you some PR as well and some newspaper sort of articles and, and things like that, yeah.
0: Good stuff um, well, that's how people can get hold of Mark and find
1: out, yes, find out. yeah, indeed. So, um, I appreciate that, Jonathan. I know my listeners will have got a lot of value from your insights. I'm going to watch some of your videos now, especially how to market get my deal flow rolling because uh, that's what I'm not good at in terms of business deal flow. Um, and
0: um, yeah, thank you, appreciate it. Enjoy Capri, I will indeed.